If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, or Chant TV. It is great to be with you. All right, we got football on the tube tonight, kids. Happy Redemption Thursday. Hope you're well. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew, uh, with your YouTube feed direction. On Twitter, it's a Cameron Show. It's good to be here. The games, I laid them before you at the uh, beginning of the show, but I'll touch on them again here in case you uh, like the action. Maybe, mm. maybe you're a sporting guy or gal, as I like to say. Perhaps that is you. Who doesn't like the action? Action's everywhere. We got it everywhere. You can find it wherever you turn your head. We got games throughout the weekend. Really good games. The slate's good this week. It's an underrated slate. Not quite a park your ass Saturday. We're not at park your ass Saturday status yet. But, and maybe it's just because all games are interesting to me, Tom. Or they could be. But I would tell you that I really am legitimately, just as a college football fan, it, no, I mean, yeah, of course, you guys know me. I'm going to be involved in these games and some of these games. But I, I remove that for a second. I'm just talking to you, the college and pro football fan. You know, the Cyhawk, all jokes aside, is a great game. This Iowa-Iowa State game is a battle between two top ten teams. So, you know, one of those teams, I know the, you know, Iowa State is is not sexy, but they play a rugged brand of defense. They figure to win 10 games this year. They could be interesting in the national story. Matt Campbell trying to really kind of kick down the door here to where, yes, he's well thought of, but this could be the season that parlays this into the best job that he's ever going to get. It's not like Iowa's going to win a Miss Universe pageant either, man. But I love watching that team play. They've got great fans. They play great defense. We gave you the stat yesterday. 23 consecutive games of giving up 24 points or fewer leads the nation by a mile. So what's the race to, 24? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the race. Well, and and by the way, the number is 46. So, yeah, there there we go. Um, So that's a fun game. I really 
uh, I'm excited to watch the Texas Arkansas game. Now I know n- not everybody is pumped up about that, but if you're of a certain age, you remember the old Southwest Conference, and I do, and you weren't around. Um, nope, means nothing. <laughs> well, so this is a rivalry game. This is a a big time rivalry game, and both programs have been bad, so they're desperate to get back. Obviously, you think about it, second year for Pittman there at Arkansas. He's an affable fellow, to say the least. Uh, jolly is what, the way I would describe him. Cares deeply. Cares deeply. You get teary-eyed saying, woo, pig, suey. So, woo, pig, suey. There it is. And then you think about Sarkeesian's first year at Texas. Off to a good start. Had a tough opponent last week against a stout defense. Bijan Robinson ran the ball well. They got enough of quarterback there. That was fun to watch. So now these two teams clash at a 7 o'clock kickoff at night. Hey, man, I'm in on that. I'm going to watch that game. Pitt, Tennessee. Tennessee, Josh Heupel era underway. I think Pitt goes in there and wins that game in a hostile environment. Good win for the ACC. I want to see that game. Uh, Other games I want to watch or that I'm interested in watching that, I mean, legitimately I find to be fun. If you think of the SEC East, all right, there's it's Georgia and nobody else. Oh, yeah. It's Georgia and nobody else, like right? Kentucky in the B tier, maybe B minus tier, and then everybody else in, what, the C tier? Well, Florida's above the – I mean, Florida's better than the, the – you know, I mean, listen, that's the team that everybody would rightfully project. Are we sure? They lost so much. But hold on. This is what I'm getting to. All right. Florida would be and is the overwhelming favorite to finish second in the East, okay? I think either Kentucky or Missouri could be that team. There you go. So – they play each other this weekend, Kentucky and Missouri. Mm. This is a big game for those two programs because when you are third fiddle in a division, a tough conference, you know, becoming that team that moves into second and, and develops some sort of you know momentum to unseat a power like Florida or potentially doing that, that's a big damn – that's about the best you can hope for at Missouri or Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Missouri won the East back-to-back years, yes, didn't it? they did yeah. when they first joined the conference. But <laughs> those right. days are long gone, and they haven't been close. And so I do think this is interesting. That's a big game. I look at that as a big game and one I want to see. Now, Ohio State and Oregon, we were robbed of this matchup a year ago because of COVID. Now we get to see it. I think Ohio State wins, but it's not as if Ohio State's defense didn't look very vulnerable. Yeah, Hell, Ohio State's defense wasn't great last year. Their linebackers are shaky. This will be a really fun game to see how Stroud develops from week one to week two because his first game was on the road, and that place was raucous. Yeah, So no. that experience is going to be great for him. Obviously, I know that they're playing in, uh, in Columbus. Yes. But still, the point being that if you've gone through the ringer like that in your first start, he should be much calmer in the pocket. He should be much more able to make the throws downfield because it wasn't for a lack of being open down the field for Ohio no, State he receivers. He, he was just him. missing a ton of them. Yeah, he missed them. Now, that's where they're so explosive at wide receiver. They've got such a group there. I, mean, I can't really, believe Olave came back. They're really, really good. And that, one, thing, one thing to note here about that is I think that's where the matchup falls. Now, I don't know how healthy Kayvon Thibodeau is. For Oregon, and it's important that he be healthy because if he is, obviously pressuring C.J. Stroud, getting him off his spot, getting him uncomfortable, making him think. I mean, you're talking about a guy that many people think is the first pick in the NFL draft, and he was in a boot this week. If he misses significant time in this game, people also forget he's not just great rushing the passer. He's very good, really good against the run. He's a monster. He's a monster. If he's less than 100%, and it looks like he will be, if he's not effective, 
I mean, there's certainly a reason why Oregon's a double-digit dog. They've recruited well. They do have good team speed. I think they'll be better equipped in that secondary to run with Ohio State's receivers, but they've got to get pressure on C.J. Stroud, and I don't know that we're going to see that. And then I think the other problem you have for Oregon, if you're trying to pull the upset as a double-digit dog on the road against a team like that, is that your quarterback, Anthony Brown, is is ass. So you kind of have a bit of an issue there at quarterback as well. He's just wildly inconsistent. Dual-threat guy, so maybe he hurts him with his legs. It's not a good matchup there yeah, well, at quarterback. I can quarterback. see why you play the total and not the 14 in the hook. Mm-hmm. That's a little tough. You needed to get on that. I think early, if you got it on Sunday or Monday, you could get it under 14. Oh, you could have thir- got it at 13 and a half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you would have wanted to do that if you were going to lay the number. Uh, you would have wanted to do that. But that, but that's, again, m- removing the gambling angle, I'm just excited to see that game because Oregon has recruited exceptionally well. They do have speed. Teams have scored on Ohio State. If they keep that kid upright and he can hit on a few plays, we got an interesting game into the fourth quarter. It's possible. By the way, 9 a.m. body clock for Oregon for that game Ooh, if you're into those sorts of go. things. Uh, I'm legitimately interested in the NC State-Mississippi State game. Yeah, me too. Legitimately interested in that game. Partly because, again, Florida State, here we go, guys. That's a team we have to play. And if you're thinking seven wins, God forbid eight wins, if that's what you're looking at and projecting for Florida State, well, then you have to be able to write in a win against NC State and Tallahassee. And that is a tall task given their offensive and defensive lines. Physical team, big receivers, can run the ball with Bam Knight. They're a good team. I think they go in on the road at night into Starkville and win that game. But if they're frauds, they don't, and then we can feel better about it. So I'm going to watch that game closely. Yeah, that's a great one to watch. And what's interesting is if you play that game, I don't know, a handful of seasons ago, six seasons ago, the reputation would be that NC State's going to be a drop-back passing team, not necessarily the most smash-mouth team in the world, and then Mississippi State would be running right at you, three yards in a cloud of dust. But that's not this game. Mike Leach is going to spread it out, run the raid, and then you got NC State as the physical team. It's kind of backwards, as it would have been. And I, I've had to reassess, just in my own mind, as I hear it on the radio this week as people are breaking it down, that, oh, yeah, that's right. Got to remember that Leach is out there. This is different. You, you know, NC State wants to shorten the game. Not Mississippi State. NC State wants to shorten the game. Just kind of backwards to get used to. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like he's connected there at Mississippi State. That first game... Obviously, they threw it all over the lot, had huge success against LSU. Remember, then he made fun of the SEC, said this wasn't so hard and all this. Well, my man, COVID year, nobody played defense. Let's slow our roll. You haven't done a damn thing since. Should have lost last week. Isn't very good. I be interesting. See what happens with NC State going in there to win that game. And uh, not a game that I care all that much to watch, uh, per se, but it does involve two Florida teams, and I'm curious how long Florida plays Emory Jones before they go to Richardson. Because that's who's going to win that job down the line. And I know where they're at now. I hope they never wake up and decide to just continue to play it. Right, because then it implodes on Mullen. Yeah. Yeah, but they're going to kill USF, by the way. That's a – whew, Jeff Scott. Does 29 scare you? Uh, a little bit because it's a look ahead. Yeah, Florida yeah. plays Alabama. I would think that they get up big early and then just sit on it and really don't show anything and try to get out of there and shorten the game. So it's not a play for me. Uh, otherwise, it would be. If this was running in a vacuum, I'd pick Florida to win by 60. Uh, USF is an embarrassment to football right now. 
getting shut out by a good NC State is one thing, but to not be competitive in any way, shape, or form, that has to sit, you know, sound the sirens a little bit. That's a bad, bad program. He's got a lot of work to do, and I think he's a good coach, but he's got a lot of work to do. That's a, When you talk about rebuilds, man, there are a few of them around the country that you look at and you think, hmm, that'll take two years. That might take three years if he's got it going here. I mean, hell, it took Chip three years to, you know, three full seasons to, to go into this year feeling like there was any momentum at all. And it had to do with being able to recruit the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, Chip Kelly, that is, at UCLA. So when you talk about rebuilds, right, you're always looking at coaches come in. Man, it, it can take that long. If, you, if the cupboard is that empty and you gotta you got to find a way to win the line of scrimmage, it could take three or four years. Did you pay any attention to Notre Dame and Toledo, just given the context clues of what we saw on Monday night, and maybe you could you know, get the jump on Vegas? Yeah, I thought the number was the right number. I, I immediately thought it was the right number. I went, that sounds about right. I don't want any part of it. Well, what if our defensive line is actually well above average in college football? You might be able to get Notre Dame as a steal there because then Tyree and Kyron Williams can go nuts. I, it's possible, but I would tell you this. Notre Dame suffered a lot of injuries in that game against us. And, yeah, they did. Uh, that is, I don't know, I, it's, it feels a bit like a letdown. Um, short week, the whole thing. Short week, letdown. I, I, I don't want any part of it, I'll just tell you that. I really don't. But I, I guess circling back real quick to what I was talking about with, uh, with Florida, um, Anthony Richardson is going to get to play in this game, I would think. And I that's I want to watch him. I want to watch him. I want to see how much if if it, he's a registered freshman, is he appreciably better than is Emory Jones? Because I think the answer is probably yes. Well, if that's the case, then that's a problem because uh, then, that, well, listen, then you got to change everything about the November outlook for the Florida game and, and the relative strength of that program because then Mullen can circle the wagons and survive yet again. Well, and listen, the problem with Mullen isn't the record or the production. I mean, he's winning games. They score points. He's really good at coaching up the quarterbacks. I just get McIlwain vibes. Like, they're just waiting for a reason. Well, they don't like him. Yes. He's a doofus. Right. Uh, yes, and he says dumb things. But at the same time, I mean, he does win games. And he and I don't think it's by smoke and mirrors the way we did with McIlwain. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't that. He, he can really coach. He's a, Captain Shark. Yeah, he's a goofy guy, but he can really coach. So I guess what I'm getting at is that, A, we love college football. We love that it's back, and there are a lot of games to watch. We're also on that, okay, we all know, no matter how objective we try to be, no matter if we're trying to figure out things for just uh, uh, you know making sense of the landscape or if we're gambling or whatever it might be, we all know that we overreact to extreme results in week one. Things that, you know, I, there is going to be an answer somewhere along the way in college football in week two that makes you realize the week one thing was flukish. We'll probably see a couple of those where we go, hmm. I mean, there's a candidate in Ann Arbor. If Washington keeps that game close and then you look and they had a lot of guys miss because of COVID, you know, all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, maybe they're not so damn sorry because you lose at home to Montana. And people get nervous. The high country, yeah. <laughs> they lost at home to Montana. And, uh, okay, that'll hurt your feelings a little bit. That's a huge upset. Immediately, if you couple that with the fact that Washington, the last game last year, lost to Stanford. And Stanford is headed in Ooh, the wrong direction. Stanford's got problems. So they have a new head coach at Washington, right? And right off the bat, he loses at the end of the year to Stanford. You go, oh, COVID year, I don't know how... 
in it were they, whatever. And then they lose that game to Montana. We're like, well, well hey, buddy, what you doing? What you doing out here? Are you in over your head? Is Harbaugh going to blow you out? He doesn't blow anybody out. Yeah. You feel like you may be in over your head. I'm getting a little worried about you. So, see, that's what I'm saying. We're, <laughs> we got, we've got a lot of look around here. Yeah. A lot of look around And then here. once we catch our breath, we got a full slate on Sunday, buddy. <sighs> Scott Hansen's back on NFL Red Zone. All righty. Seven hours. And then that night, you'll join me and my good buddy, Ira Chaffel, for the Sunday Smash. That's right. Seven o'clock. Questions about pro ball, college ball, specific to FSU or not. That's what I hear. We're going to talk about Ira's affinity for Red Stripe and, and what's going on in the Sunday slate, right? We're gonna we're gonna be able to give you updates. What if you were what if you were stuck somehow uh, in a car or at the office and you were doing something on a Sunday evening? You could just mm-hmm. pull up the Sunday Smash with me and Ira. I'll give you updates of what's happening in the late games of the NFL. We'll look ahead at some of the other action that night. Of course, we have NFL football that night. Talk about that game. Yeah, be able to talk about the the college slate that just ended. On Saturday and what to look ahead to for the next week. There's a lot we'll get to every Sunday. I think you guys should pick the Sunday night game every week, and there should be like a hat or something that you got to wear, or something you got to put it in your background as like a pariah if you get it wrong. Oh, if you get it wrong? Yeah. So if I take Cleveland and they lose, I have to put a Cleveland hat behind me? Something like that. Well, that gets expensive after a while, but yeah. Yeah, something. at some point, if we do this show long enough, I'll collect every team in the NFL's hat for some ungodly Or you reason. have to have, like, you like Red Stripe, but that means you got to have Red Stripe the next week. And then, I don't like it nearly as much as Ira does. Right. Yeah. I'm the best I'm... part of the show is here. You know, when the <laughs> second one opened, I was like, "Whoa! All right." Yeah. And he said, "What was that?" <laughs> I called attention to <laughs> yeah, it. You sure did. Yeah. It's my second one. And then the people who were watching the headlines said, "Wait a minute! Didn't he just call Corey out for popping beers really fast?" Yeah. 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 No, that's good. It's um. <laughs> I uh, saw a story today, really quickly on. Uh, on Yahoo Sports, and the article was, could Auburn get two LSU coaches fired? And it was kind of funny because I I jumped on it and went, oh, what is this? And then I realized it was an old story, and I thought, okay, because I, I was I was screwed up for a second. I thought, what is this? What is this? Yeah, that's, I was asking, Yahoo Sports is still a thing? Yeah, no, I it was funny. It was a flashback story, and uh, but I'm so in tune to the fact that I think Ed O's in trouble that I was like, whoa, what is this? What is that? <laughs> Just a side story. Just a side story. Chef Cambridge at 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I'm sad that the YouTube audience can't hear that because it is... Uh, it's a song that makes you smile every time you hear it. If you were a little kid and you ever visited Disney World, that's, that's a, you smile thinking about it. Even though it's a terrible song. They're basically like, we'll kill you, we'll take your money, and you're... Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. It's okay. They're pirates. It's what they do. It's what they do. <laughs> Just so happy sounding. It's a uh, very <laughs> short segment here. I, I get an opportunity in a moment. Um, we've got a new partner uh, that we've teamed up with, uh, ISF Inc., um, and uh, this is cool. I've, I've gotten to know them over the last couple of weeks, and I'm excited to partner with them. And I'll we have a fixed position feature with them that I'll tell you about, but I'll also tell you more importantly what they do. Uh, this short segment 
is uh, <laughs> don't blame the messenger. Don't get mad at me, Tom. You think I'm morbid. I just want to know if this is an ominous sign for Cincinnati. Well, we just got done with a happy-sounding song where the ride takes you through burning villages and cities, so yeah. we're good. Man. But you know the thing about the burning villages and cities in the Pirates Chase? You know, they've changed that, by the yeah. way. Yeah, they changed it. They didn't make it so uh, overt. Um, they didn't make it so factual. They're chasing women around, and they're, yeah. like, running they're for their lives. And all that. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, jeez. Yeah. No, that uh, tough days back then. Tough days back then with the Pirates. But uh, what, I, what I will tell you, Tom, is that uh, – Every time I've ever been on that ride, I always think, well, I'd like to stay here for the night. This looks fun. This looks like a place I'd like to just be. Like right up there on the, with them and the, the, the carousing and all the good. I'm not, I'm not going to you know, chase the fake plastic mechanical women. Right, but I'm right. saying like the hanging out at the bar. You there. don't want to live in Beverly Hills. You know? No, I'm, I'm like, that whole little area there is just looking like a peaceful well, place. It, well, you notice it's the same kind of lighting as when you go into Mexico in Epcot. Yeah, that is true. There's something about that they lighting. They got you. Oh, they got you. man, you walk in there, that air conditioning hits oh, you. You're like, yeah. Man, it's 105 home. out here. Yeah, I'm with you. So here, this is, again, not my fault, guys. I didn't make this happen. And don't go look at the picture. It'll make you sad. It'll make you sad. But uh, a giraffe named after Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow okay. has died. Great. Um, it was only 20 months old, too. Very tragic. Uh, a young giraffe, giraffe, not giraffe, a young giraffe named after Cincinnati Bengals quarterback and former LSU star Joe Burrow died Wednesday, a day after falling ill. Officials at the Baton Rouge Zoo said in release Thursday that the 20-month-old giraffe named Burrow as you might imagine, it's spelled B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X, had died after developing a sudden onset of symptoms, including a severe cough and overall agitation. That's not very clinical, is it? Uh, you're suffering from uh, overall agitation, huh? The zoo's veterinary staff took, became an a-hole. took immediate measures to help, including swiftly administering medications to stabilize the young giraffe, as well, he underwent constant staff evaluation to optimize his, optimize his chances of recovery. The zoo's team reached out to numerous zoological veterinarians throughout the nation, none of which had experienced a giraffe with comparable symptoms of severe coughing, and it's dead. It had been named uh, and chosen in a fundraiser run by the zoo and came after Burrow spelled it that way on the back of his jersey on senior night when they beat that ass. The zoo said the greatest promotional video in college football history. It was incredible. The zoo said an LSU veterinary team has performed a necropsy to uh, determine the uh, possible cause of death. Anyhow, that uh, giraffe is dead. And so what I'm asking you, and it is sad, I love animals, it's a shame, but uh, what are you going to do? I am wondering if you think it's a bad omen for the season <laughs> for Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. Cincinnati. <laughs> I was wondering, what's well, the payoff here? The payoff here is not only did that happen... Are we are we cringing a little bit based on well, the injury that my man has had to overcome okay. and now this? I'm not even going to touch the injury because you've hit on two things that could be harbingers of real bad times. Yes, and I'm not Jamar Chase yes. says that there aren't stripes in the football, and this is concerning at the NFL level. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with and Cincinnati then, today out of nowhere that leads me to believe that I'm a, you know I'm a little concerned. Yes, and then Burrow the Giraffe, reminding us that uh, – you got me saying giraffe now. Mm -hmm. the, uh, it's reminding us fun. that, that – <laughs> Ride a giraffe. <laughs> it's like in a water park. <laughs> Reminded me that Toys R Us shut down years ago with Geoffrey. Oh, man. Yeah. Remember that place? I loved it. There was nothing better than getting the piece of paper that said you're getting a video game. So you got to go to that like pen in the back. That dude had the key to the life. 
What happened? What happened in this world that, besides online shopping, there it is, that ruined the visit to the Toys R Us for kids everywhere? God dog it. Don't order your children's toys off of Amazon. You take your ass up there to Toys R Us. Like we all did. It was always Toys R Us, too. It was never KB Toys. Oh, KB no. would oh, always no. rip you off. Yeah. Always. Yeah, we're not doing KB. Toys R Us. I bought... Uh, Toys R Us. I bought, subliminal. Uh, there you it's go. American. I bought uh, Bryce's crib at Toys R Us. You did? Yeah. They have... Remember that whole section was all cribs? Oh, they the, did. That was yeah. the section. I'm like, I don't need this place. Yeah, no. Take me to the Hot Wheels. They had a great section and selection of cribs. And then, like every father that's ever bought a crib, I cursed its existence trying to put it together. One o'clock in the morning with a beer in my hand, go, this is ridiculous! There is no C! Why are you telling me C? C is not anywhere in this package! Just call it a rib. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV! First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. So welcome to the program, my friends at ISF, Inc. Solving the future, that's what they're doing. I'll tell you quickly about them. You've heard the ads today, but they've jumped on board. I, I've had a chance to meet with their management team and get to know them a little bit. I'll get to know more as we go along, what their expertise is. They help state governments solve um, for their immediate plans, right? The, 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 you want to do things, you got big visions and goals, and you want to learn how to execute those, and you want to move your, your agency forward, you want to do those things, you have unique challenges, they help you do that, they solve for the future, and they use strategy and process and technology and all that. And I thought it was a good way, if we wanted to tie it in and make it applicable for the show, you know, what, how would we do that, and, and, and how would we talk about that and I think the way to do it, it makes a lot of sense, as we talk about having a big vision or a goal or you know wanting to achieve things. Well, we make it applicable to Florida State football and what Florida State's doing. Oh, it's all about the future. In order to solve for the future. And so uh, I, thought, I thought it was a good marriage. I thought it worked. Not everything always works when we meet with people. Sometimes I realize that it's not something we can help you with. But when we talk about strategizing, and we talk about you know a process, and we talk about moving things forward and achieving those goals. It, it it makes a lot of sense to join with ISF. So we appreciate them. And by the way, that's a it it is a national firm right here in Tallahassee. And they forty years they've served state government business clients across the country, but they're right here housed in Tallahassee. Uh, I think the way to look at this, Tom, for Florida State, without question, is what they did. There was a major problem, and you've got goals, and you've got to achieve those goals. How are we going to solve this problem? Well, that problem has been pretty persistent in two locales. But let's start where they helped solve it for this year, at least for now. And I think it's something that has staying power. And that would be bringing in Jermaine Johnson from Georgia, who was the best player on the field on Sunday night. 
Well, especially besides Hamilton for Notre Dame, but I really for a long stretch of the game, Tom. Sorry, for a long stretch of the game, especially that I don't know two and a half quarters. Jermaine Johns was the best player on the field. Yeah, I well, yes, the first two and a half quarters especially. I thought Keir Thomas had a good second half, but that again, this speaks to a skill that Mike Norvell may have that Jimbo had. I understand this is the transfer market mm-hmm. and not the high school mm-hmm. market, but if you're able to project what a player can be, that is going to help become – it helps you be much more efficient as a program because it speeds up the process of development. I don't have to develop this guy as much because he's going to grow into his body and be X, you say about a 17-year-old like Jimbo Fisher did about Devonta Freeman right. when he went and see his practice. Well, Mike has hit on so far – you need to see a handful of games to really know. But you take a look at the impact of transfers across the board on this team, defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. You're starting left guard. You're starting right guard from you know two years ago we went and got him in the transfer market. Mackenzie Milton, which that was kind of a no-brainer. Jermaine Johnson, Keir Thomas, Jamie Robinson, Jerrion Jones. We could go on and on. They've got a good eye for this stuff. It's not just I put my name in the transfer portal and Florida State was the first you know program to reach out to me. It's almost like they have a sixth sense of who would fit into what they want to do. Well, they get they get on it early, uh, and and again, uh, the reason it's applicable when you're solving the future and you're trying to fix problems and you're trying to go through this and and you're relying on something in this case your coaches to identify these players. You've got to get out to them quickly, but also you've got to talk to these kids to make sure they're the kinds of guys that are going to fit with what you're trying to do. When you ask for buy-in local, you know, with the kids that are already on the roster and the ones who have remained behind to work towards that end, you can't then just bring in any old person who's a, you know, right. a mercenary per se who's going to upset the apple cart. Now, it's okay that those guys have motivations beyond the team. Obviously, they want playing time. Everybody can agree upon a bottom line here. This is what we have to do, and we offer this to you. It's a win-win. But at the same time, you've got to know, are they a fit with your culture? And that's where I think they do identify guys very well. It's not just the talent. It's that those guys were guys that really met what they were trying to do from a leadership standpoint. Yeah, and of course, Dan Lanning can help out in the case of Jermaine Johnson. You get you get whispers within the program, and it co- yeah. the coaching community is very Oh, close knit. Collaborative. <laughs> well, yeah, they're yeah. collaborative. Yeah. You know, because they really, they really do. Most of the coaches, not every single one, <clears throat> Urban Meyer, but most of the coaches want to do best and right by the kids. And so, if if I'm a coach at Georgia, like Dan Lanning, and I'm like most other coaches, and I know that Jermaine wants to go somewhere else, I'm going to call my friend. I'm going to call Mike Norvell and say, "Hey, listen, I think this is going to go this way. If it does, you give him a call." Because you're going to love everything about what this kid can bring to your program. He's going to get the snaps he needs, the exposure he needs. We're just too loaded at edge rusher, which which you saw this past weekend. And that's what happened in that case. However, I don't know that you could say that across the board. For every single uh, transfer that we brought in, they find a way to circle the right guys. And if they could do that with high school players, and we've already seen it. Malik McClain. Look at Malik McClain. McClain. Hey, I'm going to talk about him in a second. Um, Let me put a ribbon on this real quick again. Really happy to have ISF on board with the Jeff Cameron Show, solving the future. Uh, again, they understand the way the state government works, uh, whether it's business processes, workflows, strategies. Uh, this is this is a group that has worked with agencies like yours if you're out there listening to this, and they can help you achieve your goals uh, through technology, through process, through strategy. Uh, and and they, they will connect. I promise you that they will connect. Uh, ISF, solving the future. I would go to ISF.com if you want to learn more. Uh, really quickly on Malik McLean. I uh, <laughs> I was 
even more impressed when I went back and looked at that game. I know you were too. Mm -hmm. I was impressed when it happened live. We've been impressed by him all camp long. A lot of what we saw, you know, I kept thinking, this is this is a kid who doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to take a long time to develop a significant role within the offense. This strikes me as a guy who's willing to put in the work, has the requisite skill set, a body type that, yes, he can block out on the edge and a willingness to do so. He's got toughness to him, and he'll go up and make a catch in traffic. Now, we're going to see a lot of those things have to develop as we get better in the passing game. But when I went back and watched that video, man, he's a big part of why the Jason Corbin run happened uh, with a block on Kyle Hamilton. Um, he is a big reason why uh, some of the passes out on the edges ended up being positive instead of negative plays because his yeah. willingness to engage in those blocks. He's a really good football player. We got a guy. We got a guy, everybody, at wide receiver. It's been a, been a minute. He was somebody that you could circle early on in spring camp because you saw that in the short area when it came to physical play and fighting through contact, he wasn't afraid. It's not typical for a true freshman, somebody who should be going to prom, to be able to do that at the collegiate level. Was he always good at it? No. But was he unafraid? Yes. And that's the most important thing. The other thing on the Kyle Hamilton block that's worth noting, Kyle Hamilton wasn't in front of Malik. You know what he did? He found him. Mm -hmm. He was looking for somebody to block. That sounds like a small detail. It makes all the difference in the world. There are a couple other things in a piece that's coming to Warchant.com that I put together re-watching the game about Malik McLean and the details he plays with. What is it underscore? It underscores buy-in, mm -hmm. and that's what's critical for us moving forward. I think that uh, that's a guy that you can kind of just expect. Each week you watch Florida State football, he gets better, and that's always fun to watch. It's not always easy to identify guys who are capable of that in their first year. He's one of them. It's Jeff Cabot Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What was your score prediction for uh, our game? Did you have to give one today like I did? Uh, I did. It was, it was like 56-10, something like that, 56-17. Wow, big number, huh? Yeah, I think it... Now, I could be dead wrong. We'll find out in about three drives. I think this offensive line will be able to move the likes of a Jacksonville State off You'd the like ball to believe, with I a little bit more you. regularity, yeah. which in turn should mean that even if Travis is playing a ton of reps, he should have quieter feet in the pocket, right? Yeah, I hope. Really got to get to that place. It's going to be important at some point because, again, I think he's going to have to, just the very nature of this situation, play quarterback in a really meaningful game, and we're going to need him to be able to throw the ball. We're going to need him to be able to consistently throw the ball from the pocket. And I I said before that I, I think my only – well, there's a couple of disappointing elements to the Notre Dame game, but not a lot. I, I walked away from that feeling pretty good about things and that the team had improved a lot, but I was disappointed that he wasn't better from the pocket. Um, just because we've seen evidence of him as a passer and growth in camp, and it really didn't translate at all in this game. No, the interior pressure messed with his – 
his head a lot. Yeah. And and you know what else that they were really good at jumping the snap count. We've got to figure out how to how to vary that. I don't know if we always need to clap pre-snap and count down from a second and then let the ball go. I don't know what that is, but it was entirely predictable for that defense, and that really messed with things for the center, the interior guys, everybody. Yeah, I noticed that too, and I do. Uh, you know, I don't know what you do about that, right? I mean, you see a lot of offenses do this. You see it in the NFL too. The the clap is is here to stay, man. And I've never liked it. Yeah, me either. Me either. I've always thought. Well, and then what you could do is obviously you, you tell your guys to hold their water, and it's sort of like, hey, I'm going to clap, but this time mm-hmm. it's going to be four seconds after I clap. Next right, time it's going to be one second after I clap. Inevitably, right? there's a false start on that, you know, because guys are just asked to be there forever because you might not even get to that position. You get to the line, everybody sets up, you go to the line, uh, to the sideline, take a look for your check, then you get set. Then we do this thing, and you know your offensive linemen have been in their position for 10, 15 seconds. That's it's, a lot to ask. It's exceedingly tough to hold hold your position there and still be quick off the ball and still be able and to still react. run yeah. up tempo if you get ahead of the chains. Yeah. It, that's that's a difficult ask, especially for when you don't have you know blue chippers from left tackle to right tackle. I do think that um, I, I do feel like they they did a better job in the second half of that though did you notice that they they yeah. weren't getting jumped nearly as bad i'm not just talking about when mckenzie milton came in i'm i'm saying they did a better job of adjusting they the did half. well across the board i mean you had even in the first half after the Aaron snap that somehow we recovered between jordan and Treshawn ward it's uh, Bavion Johnson that comes in and plays center snapping was still a problem but is that the number one thing we both want to see this week that they snap the ball. I don't want them to waste them this weekend. No, no. Degree. Save your good snaps no, for Wake. I'm just laughing, and I'm sitting here about thinking about all the things we have to iron out. There was the good, the bad. We've, we've touched on all of them now, and, you know, it's a shortened week, and you're getting ready for this game, but it's a game you're heavily favored in. I thought, what do I really need to see improve? Because they say your, your most improvement happens from week one to week two. It's cliche and all that, but it's often true. I'm thinking... What do I have to see that are surefire signs that they've cleaned some things up? Yeah, somebody who can snap the ball. Yeah. Consistently well. Yeah, that's it's a very basic ask. It's a ridiculous ask. I want to see what the rotation is at guard this weekend too. You know, because it's going to mm-hmm. tell you a couple things. One about health, yep. but then two about aptitude. I mean, I don't know. DLT is our guy from Trench Talk, but Dante Lucas was in there for an awful lot of snaps on Sunday night. Is that about ramping up? That's about Devontae? health. Well. Notre Dame game's kind of a big one. That's frustrating. I would also tell you that, well, I mean, that's about health again, and then I think in time he may end up getting pushed outside. I mean, DLT may end up back yeah. at tackle again. According to Pro Football Focus, which we have access to, it, Darius Washington had an excellent day in, in a lot of regards as compared to Robert Scott, who had a rough day mm. in most regards. He, uh, he was caught slow-footed quite a few times. Yep, going to have to get faster, a lot faster. It is the summer of more life at Orange Theory Fitness, first month free. All you got to do is purchase the heart monitor. Uh, you're going to want to do that anyhow. It's a great tool, uh, and you can watch how much stronger you get and you watch your cardio grow. I know I do that. I love watching that. Interval training is the key to all of that. It's fun. They do all of that at Orange Theory Fitness. If you refer a friend uh, right now, you'll end up saving on your membership dues for the next three months. So now's the time to do it. You save a lot of money. If you've been thinking about going to Orange Theory, do it now before September 30th because those savings are huge and it's a great value. And uh, it goes till September the 30th. We'll come back and end up doing probables here. No, we got a probables right now. It's right now. Oh, beautiful. Go ahead, cue it up. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probably. Sure would enjoy watching the Yankees collapse. 
sure do like watching Toronto surge. Yeah, yeah. That wild card, card race is fun in the American. The Rays have already taken care of everything else. Even in the National League, you know, the battle for the second wild card spot between the Padres and, and Reds, and maybe a team out of the East emerges. I'm not, mm. the Mets aren't, but yeah. You really have lost hope, huh? Well, yeah. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Uh, this is all brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. They're already underway in St. Louis, Bush Stadium, Dodgers cards, 1-1, tied. The starters, Tony Gonzalez and Jake Woodford. That's correct. White Sox, A's. Ronaldo Lopez, Sean Manaya. We've got the Twins and the Indians, Andrew Albers, Cal Quantrill. Mets, Marlins. Here you go. You can pick up a bunch of wins against the Marlins. Lost last night. No. Two to one. Got four hit in ten innings. Tuffy. Yeah, it is. Marcus Stroman on the hill for the Mets. Jesus Lazardo on the hill for the Marlins. Kansas City and Baltimore, nobody cares. Carlos Hernandez and John Means. Still read the probables, though. I appreciate the professionalism. Got to do it. Rockies, Phillies, Antonio Sensatella, who pitches every night for the Rockies, if you didn't know. Tough ask. I like this guy. Ranger Suarez. Blue Jays, Yankees, Jose Barrios, and Nestor Cortez. Let's go Blue Jays! Everybody say it with me. Let's go Blue Jays! Screw you, Yankees. We add it to the end. Did you see the Orioles number last night? No. Under 5,000 people in attendance. That organization has tragically butchered the greatness of and tradition of Orioles baseball. A franchise that led the way by building Camden Yards, which became the blueprint for the rest of Major League Baseball to go back to old school, charming stadiums. And now, a footnote. Laughable. What are they going to lose? How many many lost? Where are the Orioles at? The Orioles... They're so bad, Gary Thorne gave up on them. The Orioles have won 45 games. September the 9th. Nats, Braves, Eric Feedy, and Haskar Noah. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Right at the end. That is pretty good. Timed it so well. That is well done. Uh, I'm ready for playoff baseball. I'm ready for that moment when you uh, wake up that one day and you realize, oh, my God, I've got the NFL, I've got college football, and I've got playoff baseball all today. That's one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah, when they do the quadruple header in that first round yeah, of the division series. Yeah, you get pumped. You get 12, 3, 5, 30, and 8. Yeah. Yeah, those are good times. It never gets old, man. I uh, That part of it's good. And and baseball in the second half of the season has hit a home run. Excuse the pun. That's what they've done. They've done a good job with this because the rules changes have affected uh, the game in a positive way. There's a lot more action. That is Quantifiable, we can see that in the numbers now. There are fewer strikeouts, more hits, more runs, uh, more hard hit baseballs as well. Uh, not just home runs, but just balls put in play. I, I, might we be headed towards a time in which uh, the hit and run becomes a thing again? 
That would be nice. First to third is a beautiful thing. Bringing triples back, stolen base. I don't know if you're ever going to get stolen bases the way we did before. It's just it doesn't seem like there's value to it. But I would like to see the athleticism of the players more than just watch City League softball. Yeah, put guys in motion, man. Let's go. The overshift and the three true outcomes is City League softball. Yeah, it's better now, but it could still be better. You're right. They could add to this. You want them to uh, forbid the shift. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You got to be on the other side. You have to have two players on either side of yeah. the bag so as the pitch shift. is being delivered. So you can yeah. shift, but it can't be as no. You can't just be like hanging out, that. having a picnic in right field. You know, outside the infield dirt. It's ridiculous. Welcome back, National Football League tonight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys. I should say the reigning Super Bowl champion, there Tampa Bay is. Buccaneers, against the Dallas Cowboys. And hello, oh, <laughs> my friend. Hello. Yeah, and oh, by the way, uh, that game can be heard here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. So if for some reason you have uh, to work late, you're running around, whatever it is you might be doing, maybe you got a honey to-do list late on a Thursday. It's quite the doubleheader, though, because you could do the recruiting chat at 6 p.m. right here on Warchant TV, and then you got the Buccaneers game with the pregame show and Gene and Dave Moore and the crew taking you through all that. You may get uh, that question from Jerry about uh, picking off recruits at linebacker right. from LSU yeah. and Miami, right? Somebody's going to do it. So if you had to rank confidence level mm. of those picks you offered out, oh, yeah, yeah. the most confident pick. Well, you want me to do this at the end here? Most confident yeah, pick? Yeah, just a little gift for the people on the way out. Uh, Since you told him about a dead giraffe and all, got to give him something positive. Most confident. I feel really good about Air Force minus six against Navy. That's what you feel the most I feel good very about. good about that pick, Tom. <laughs> and if you're watching on the chat, you're laughing because that is good. Uh... <laughs> You could just keep it up there. That's too That good. better be there forever. <laughs> Save that. Look at him. <laughs> McConaughey is having himself a drag. Yeah, it's a drag. He is serious. He's also just saw something that is startling or exciting or both or disconcerting, important. We need that for our social media feeds, too, as like an upset watch. Mm, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, upset watch. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on in Columbus? You know, it's just a, <laughs> what is going on here? Well, that is all of us, by the way. That is all of us. That picture is every one of us at any number of moments through the last two years as our inclination to be sporting guys uh, and gals. You know what that really? was, though? That was me watching uh, Tom Brady to Scotty Miller at Lambeau. <laughs> just before halftime, like, that could work. <laughs> that might work. I wish you'd been in my living room when that happened because I saw the matchup and I didn't I didn't see the safety anywhere near and I went my kids are sitting next to me and I jump up I go that's going to work Have a great night peace Ah mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on That's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.